Welcome to the Big Puff Podcast, coming to you from the shadow of the bomb, Quebec, Canada. My name is Lex, and my co-host is Beach. What's good, Beach? Yo, my broseph, what is up? Merry Christmas, homie. Yeah, man. Happy holidays. You've upped your drinking and eating this holiday season. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Make us all fat and weak over the holidays? I went on a Christmas bender. (laughs) You're a success. Good one. It was good to let loose a little bit, though. Yeah. Um, It actually felt like a normal Christmas of old. It's been a few years since I had a a regular Christmas where there were no elbow bumps and no masks and no talk of the COVID. So it was really refreshing, man. I was a little bit, um, you know, weary, a little bit like, oh, man, what's it going to be like? You know, just I was hoping for the best. And it was it was great, actually, to be honest. Right on, man. Me, too. Nice. Yeah. Even with the grandpa with eight shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was okay. He was, you know, receiving open arms. Right on. Yeah. I mean, not a real hug, but (laughs) a solid handshake. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's progress, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I've been hearing uh, quite the opposite for, you know, family get togethers from some people. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people are falling ill. Right. It yeah, seems like yeah, everybody, yeah. especially a lot of kids were sick in the month of November mm-hmm. being a December. And that's why, yeah, I was like, there's a bit of trepidation on my part. Like, is that all going to fall apart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it did for me two years ago in my family, like everybody canceled like the day before or the day of right, Christmas. Right, right. Well, sorry, we can't make it. Just the whole thing fell apart just because people tested positive, not even because they were actually too sick to go anywhere. It's just those positive tests. Yo, dude. It creeps back in every year. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're in it for the long haul. It's like a PTSD, uh, I don't know, Stockholm syndrome that carries over. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. right around Christmas time, right around the holiday season, mm-hmm. people start wearing masks. You see it popping up everywhere, coughing a little more, being afraid of what the other family's gonna think or this person's gonna think. Am I gonna get them sick? Mm-hmm. Dude, at the at the office where I work, mm-hmm. guy tested positive, couldn't get, attend the uh, Christmas <laughs> the, the party. Christmas party, dude. <laughs> like, what? Why are you still testing? Yeah. What the hell? These bunk tests? Not. I tried to bring it up. It's like, man, that's not that's not right to even ask that. He, he should test. That guy should test and keep us, uh, you know, safe. If he, if I was like, what what's the difference? If he's sick, stay home. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have anything to do with a test, a bunk test. Right. Anyway, that, that's my rant. My holiday rant. Hey man, well things might get a lot easier for you and and your 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 office mate because according to uh, Sky News United Kingdom, there is in development a COVID app for your smartphone that will detect viruses in your voice. Right. More accurately than uh, the lateral flow tests that everyone's using right now. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, emphasis just... on cough. Because <laughs> you have to cough into the app and read a line, and the, the app will determine based on your cough and how you deliver your lines whether you are infected or not. <laughs> so do I have it? Oh, you're toast, bro. <laughs> All right, two weeks off work. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, we'll see if that COVID app takes off. Hopefully it crashes and burns just like the Arav, ArriveCan app did here in the shadow of the bomb. Right. But anyways, I thought I'd mention that. I thought that was pretty fucking funny, man. The <laughs> fucking app. Right. And who's going to be on the other end, right, of the app? It's AI, right? Just collecting all your data, collecting your voice, right? It's just more to that uh, data collection. Right, right. And if your voice uh, says something incorrect, <laughs> you may have a killer virus. You might be deemed mentally ill. Oh. Yeah. More on that later, though. R- yeah, roll up your sleeve. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't. I can't wait for the uh, the uh, schizophrenia app. <laughs> it's a voice app too, yeah. or, is or it the, the an- it's retinal. Good one, yeah. Or the antisocial app. We have determined that you are antisocial and in need of treatment. <laughs> UN troops are on. I mean, sorry, the the uh, the ambulance is on the way. <laughs> <laughs> you already have no friends. You will have less when you are dead. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Fuck, man. But swinging it back to Christmas, uh, a good time was had by all. Um, but I could not escape COVID 100%. I have a young daughter, and she all of a sudden developed an interest in Barbies, right? And I'm not going to dissuade her from playing in with Barbies if all of her friends want to. It's not my, it's not my, wouldn't be my first choice for her, but whatever, right? So she got a Barbie dollhouse for, for Christmas, and friends and family bought her some some barbies to to you know to go with the the dollhouse and one of the barbies that was bought for her was travel barbie oh all right yeah uh but it's an updated version edition of travel barbie that now comes with surgical mask come on i kid you not bro a pink a barbie pink surgical mask was included in the kit <laughs> We uh, we quickly uh, we quickly uh, dumped that in the trash, right? Did you did you did it come with a, a test as well? <laughs> it came with a real life syringe, <laughs> travel pack. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the timing is interesting because I happened to see on Twitter as well today that um, there's going to be a new Barbie and Ken doll released. Um, where they're parents, but it won't be Barbie who's pregnant. It's going to be Ken who's pregnant Come this on. time. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are they going to do this? <laughs> hey, man, I'm assuming it's a joke, right? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, I, well, at least I hope it's a joke. Is it going to be in the sequel as well? Oh, good one. Like uh, Moana. <laughs> and if it's going to be Ryan Gosling, I swear to God, <laughs> he might be an F to M. He is an FTM. Oh shit! Yeah. There we go. We already we already decided. We already solved. We already we already cracked that nut. <laughs> yeah. Well, Margot Robbie the other way. Well, we know this. That's right. MTF. Yeah. But I was thinking, man, we should we should start our own line of Barbie dolls, man. You know, big I mean, puff Barbie. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe for Canadians, a trucker Barbie. I'd like to see a trucker convoy Barbie. Okay. Yeah, it comes with a uh, hot tub and, and, and bouncy castles. Oh, nice. I, I like that. It. And I a Canadian like flag. Okay, okay. I was also thinking a narco Barbie. Right? A narco nice, Barbie. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Homeschool Barbie. Oh. Like oh, home. oh, you got a whole line. Mm-hmm. All right. Carnivore Barbie. Just comes with toy steaks and drumsticks. Uh, okay. okay, how about extremist Barbie? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Extremist I mean, Barbie. <laughs> 
What's next? Come on, come on. Racist Barbie. Uh, terrorist Barbie. <laughs> Bitcoin Barbie. Crypto Barbie. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going we gotta to make a killing. We're on to something, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you see this one out of the Gazette today? December 28th, 2023. Headline reads, Are we ready? Should we do this? The debate on expanding medical assistance in dying. Oh. Yeah. There's just this like steady trickle of stories in the Canadian media about and surrounding uh, May, the MAID program. It's getting more popular. I heard Isn't in a poll, dude, in National Post. It's, that it's, it's trendy these days. <laughs> many people are in agreement with him. I saw an article in the National Post about it where they were saying that the polls, they're polled Canadians and that, you know... 20%, 30%, whatever the stupid numbers were, it was probably 33% of Canadians um, agree that uh, the MAID program should be extended to different groups of people, people oh. who are mentally ill. Oh, not just the elite. No. Oh, Mm-mm. for the poor people too? Especially. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fair. The, the poorer you are, the more in need you are oh. of MAID, right? They're saying that that should be extended should be a service that should be extended to the homeless population. <laughs> to everyone. Let's be fair. Everyone has the right to ask for maid. Uh-huh. Welcome to communist Canada, right? Where we don't give you a tent if you're homeless. We give you a needle. <laughs> Holy shit, man. But I think you're going to see more and more of this, man. People talking about maid because it is apparently there's some deadline that's coming up in the spring where they want to extend the MAID program to people who are mentally ill, people who are depressed or who have autism, if the mental illness can be deemed um, so that your life is not worth living, it's too difficult to live with this mental illness, illness, then you should be allowed to access the MAID program. Hold on, hold on. Who diagnoses this? It'll be an app. (laughs) (laughs) AI doctor? Yeah, it'll be Dr. AI who will diagnose you with uh, extremism, right? Ah, yes. Okay. So that's, you know, I don't... I I don't know how I feel about euthanasia. You know what I mean? Like, I need to think about it more, but I do know what I... No, you don't. (laughs) Come on, I like you here. Come on. We got a good thing going. Good one. Obviously, we know what the MAID program is about. It's full-on depop, right? They want to off as many people, as many Canadians as they can. And they, they're looking for every reason to do so, right? And so, obviously, I'm not on board with that. And the caution that I would give to anybody who's listening is, like, this is, this is just the beginning, right? They don't want to just offer it to people who are mentally ill so that those people can decide to use the MAID program. What I fear is that once they open the books, then they're going to be able to diagnose us and force treatments on us, right? This was something that we talked about last week when we were talking about Serge Monast's uh, United Nations conspiracy against Christianity, right? Where one of the main points that he made was they are going to criminalize people who resist the new world order, right? And they're going to say that uh, people like you and me are mentally ill, mentally unstable, or part of a cult and in need of treatment. And the MAID program f- folds into that strategy, in my opinion. It'll be used, it'll be weaponized against us. Classic technique. It's been used before many, many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and you know they can just make up a mental illness right that's that's the whole history of psychiatry and psychology is like they just make shit up and then they they box people in with it they label people with these mental illnesses you know and then they they force treatments on them right so you know word of caution man the maid program is sinister right and i don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater you know what i mean like i think maybe I'd have to think about it more, but I think there is a place for euthanasia. But the MAID program is is dark AF, in my opinion. You know, something that we'll have to watch out for. Yeah, but dude, speaking of Serge Monast, there's this book of his that I haven't read yet, and it's called Vaccines. Military medical experiments and liquid crystals. And tell me more. Yeah, dude, I've I've been flipping through it, and I can't wait to to sit down and read the thing properly so that we can do an episode on it because I think it's going to be really dope. But like I said, I was flipping through it, and on one of the last pages of the book, there's included some letters, some like newsletters that Monast wrote on behalf of his. A press agency which was called the international press agency he published all his books through that and he also sent out newsletters to his followers and his subscribers and included at the back of this book on vaccines and liquid crystals is this newsletter that he sent out in march 1994 where he's letting his subscribers and readers know that he's working on a new series of books called the united nations concentration camps program in america this four book series, excuse me, this four book series. And here's a quote from this newsletter when he's talking about how he's preparing to write this series of books on concentration camps. And he, so this is him he says, right now, actually, since I have in hands all the information to fully complete the series planned, I must hide myself somewhere in Canada in order to avoid any seizure of documents, any arrest or even any attempt against my life. I even had to cancel for an indefinite period of time all public appearances, so my financial budget is getting low and hard to live with. Right, so this guy was putting it all on the line for his craft, man. Right, this guy's in hiding, living on scraps, right, trying to get the word out, basically, because that is kind of like, that's kind of like the MO of his international press agency is to publish the truth, all of it, right? And the reason why I'm bringing up this newsletter is that within that newsletter, he mentions this document that we can talk about today called Operation Vampire Killer 2000. Man, <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, dude. And this is a document that was published in 1992. It's like about a 75-page document. And it was published by the uh, Police Against the New World Order group, right? That's who published it and that's who wrote it. But I did a bit of digging and there's like one guy in particular who's behind it, right? And his name was Gerald Jack McLam. He's dead now. He died in January 2014 at the age of 69. He was a military veteran, um, a retired Phoenix police officer, he retired in 1986, and when he retired in 1986, apparently he went kind of 
He joined what was called the Patriot Circuit. He was a speaker on the Patriot Circuit, speaking at various events, often wearing his police uniform, right? And he was, his main goal was to educate the American public about globalism, the New World Order, uh, and internationalism. Back then, they called it globalism, but he also called it internationalism, right? And not only was he doing uh, speaking events, trying to educate the public, but he also had a shortwave radio show. Um, he produced a periodical called Aid and Abet Police Newsletter. And he's most famously known probably for this, this document, this Operation Vampire Killer 2000, right? An American police action plan for stopping world government rule, right? Written in 1992. Um, and man, it's an interesting document, right? It's super interesting because it's, it's written, like you were saying when we were talking off air, right? It's got a particular style to it, right? Where it reads kind of like it was written by someone in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And it's geared towards people in law enforcement. The idea is that there is trouble afoot, right? The, the internationalists, as he calls him, they want to install a new world order. But in order to do that, they're going to need boots on the ground. They're going to need police officers they're going to need the National Guard to do it. And so this guy, McLam, figures we can stop this. We can nip this right in the bud, right? If the police officers and the National Guardsmen and other law enforcement officials um, simply say, no, we're not doing it, then the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. And so that was the motivation behind him writing this document. It was not geared towards the general public. It was geared towards law enforcement officers in the United States to educate them about the incoming NWO, to remind them of the oath that they swore to protect Americans and America, and to kind of arm them with the intellectual weapons to combat the NWO. 92, right? This 1992. 92, man. Yeah. I remember 92. Yeah, yeah. SNL. All those impressions <laughs> of uh, George Bush. Right, just to distract us. Good one. Yeah. He has famous quotes talking about the NWO. Mm -hmm. And instead, all we remember is Dana Carvey. Right. Good one. That's yeah, a good yeah. one, man. Absolutely. Not going to it. <laughs> Not going to it. <laughs> right, he's going to do it. Man. And he did it. Mm -hmm. His whole family did it. Yeah. So on the first page of this document... Right. He talks about the purpose of the document. Right. And he writes the police officers, National Guardsmen and military officers who have contributed to this special publication are aware of a plan to overthrow the Constitutional Republic of these United States of America. Um, he says, while detailing the plan of these internationalists, right, these globalists, the main goal of this special police publication will be to promote an active program that will defend America from those at work from forming an oligarchy of imperialism, right? Against this nation of free people. The herein described plan to halt this un-American activity can succeed only with the combined efforts of the people's protectors. That's what he calls them, right? The police, the guardsmen, the military, and their countrymen in the private sector. So basically just kind of reiterating what I was saying, right? He's like, the way that we stop this NWO is for all of the, all the people wearing badges, 
to simply follow the oath that they swore and not follow the orders that are going to come down the pike, right? So it's an educational document. Um, and then he goes on, he starts off with definitions, right? He talks about what the real definition of treason is and sedition. And then they go on in this document to show that um, the people behind, the internationalists are, will be guilty of and are guilty of treason and sedition, right? And he says, the facts and information about some of the persons and their actions listed in this special report is prima facie, right? Like on its face, evidence of their long involvement in activities directly designed to over, overtly overthrow the lawful constitutional government of the United States of America, right? So he says, this has been going on for a long time, right? These internationalists, what we now would call the deep state, right? Or the cabal or the cryptocracy, that this has been going on for a long time. They've been infiltrating. Yes, infiltrating, exactly, bro. Um. And then he goes on, he says, these individuals thus hope to deliver the people of the U.S. into the hands of a foreign power known as the United Nations, which is in actuality an oligarchy of the world's super rich who have no allegiance to any one nat nation and who control the U.N. from behind the scenes. Right. Man. This document fits in very well with our, with our podcast. These are things that we've been talking about for a while now, right? That there is this cabal, this cryptocracy, and the United Nations is their front group, basically, right? Some global entity, right? Seizes power in many parts of the world in the name of globalism. Mm -hmm. Hmm? Yeah, in the name of progress, and safety. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Morals. Their morals. Fuck, man. Yeah, so he goes on. As patriotic Americans of all races, religions, and political beliefs, we claim our right to defend our republic from all enemies, foreign and domestic. This educational work is one such attempt. Right? So it's not... It's really just... A document to educate whoever is reading it about this. And you got to keep it in context, right? This was like 1992, yep, yep. right? So, I mean, the internet existed, but people weren't really online, right? So you couldn't like start a podcast, you know what I mean? Or a YouTube channel to broadcast this information. You had to do it old school, man, like through the mailbox system, yep, you yeah. know? And that's, that's written in the document. So uh, anyone should check this out. Just read it, man. It's so cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Speaking of the mailbox system, man, I might as well bring it up now. This guy, McLam, who wrote this document, he's known for this document, but he's also known for another like wild conspiracy theory involving mailboxes in the United States, right? Apparently, according to McLam, the government had placed unobtrusive colored dots on people's mailboxes so that troops serving the New World Order, after martial law is declared, would know what to do with people living at each address, right? So they create some kind of catastrophe, whether it's civil war or uh, environmental disaster or whatever. Alien invasion. Alien invasion, right? <laughs> Killer virus. That's it. The, uh, the uh, zombie deer disease. <laughs> <laughs> 
this fucking this was another article that popped up man in the last week in the quebec media um i forget what it was called in french but in english it's the zombie deer disease also known as chronic wasting disease and it's caused by prions which are like abnormal pathogenic agents they they injure the brains of deer and moose and elk and that type of thing whatever yeah so, so you tell me <laughs> yeah and apparently it makes them behave like zombies so they call it zombie deer disease but the fear mongers in the quebec press were pushing the idea that they're afraid that this zombie deer disease is going to jump the species barrier to humans right i think it already has good one i mean these these deer were they vaccinated <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hey, you do the math. <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. Zombie deer disease. Okay. Enough with that crazy shit. Let's talk about these dots on uh, mailboxes. <laughs> Which is crazier. Crazier, yeah. But interesting. <laughs> so yeah, apparently according to McLam, um, each mailbox in the United States has been outfitted with a color-coded dot to let to, to let know the UN troops, right? So what are these dots? What do they mean? Signify, yeah. What yeah, are, what yeah. Are, what's going on with these dots? So the blue dot, if you have a blue dot on your mailbox, then you'll be rounded up and you'll be sent to a FEMA-operated concentration camp. Oh. Mm-hmm. Those little, uh, little boxes? Those little cubicles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like a prison. That's actually the best of the options, by the way. <laughs> you have a pink dot um you are to be used for slave labor oh yeah okay yeah communal living you don't get your private uh, little pen good one okay so <laughs> another type of prison work prison and then the worst of them the red dot oh here it comes yeah you get shot in the head immediately oh yeah on site okay released yeah you're free now yeah so yeah, that was Gerald Jack uh, McLam's most famous conspiracy theory. But getting back to this document, right? Operation Vampire Killer 2000, right? He says, many of our nation's internal protectors know of the well-laid plan which will culminate before the year 2000, okay? To usher the U.S., along with the rest of the nations of the world into a utopian global community allegedly under the control of a philanthropic United Nations. Right? Oh, the good old days. 2000s, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was the future when this document was written. But, uh, yeah, 23 years ago, man. That was, the UN had its day, right? Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. All those global entities had its day. I mean, at least with me. How about you? The Olympics? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I think about the United... I mean, obviously, they're, you know, satanic. But I wonder if they're actually... I, don't want, I wonder if they actually intend to keep the UN around or if they already have a replacement in place. You know what I mean? It's just a stepping stone. Right? What do you think it is? Well, that's kind of what I think. I think that the that if they try and bring in this NWO, they'll have some new, they'll rebrand, I guess is what I'm getting at. 
They'll rebrand. Right. We won't know it. We what? Won't even know it. Won't even know it. Yeah. So the new order, he calls it the new age, the new order, the new world government plan. He gives it de- different names, right? says, allegedly, this new order is being set up to save the people of the world from a whole variety of imminent life and world-threatening disasters. Well, doesn't that sound familiar, (laughs) right? Of those sworn protectors of the people that are aware of this global scheme, few realize that the actual behind-the-scenes plan is for an oligarchy of the world's richest families to place half the masses of the earth in servitude under their complete control, administered from behind the false front of the United Nations. To facilitate management capabilities, the plan calls for the elimination of the other 2.5 billion people, right? So they liked Depop back then too, right? So they're going to they're off half of us by the year 2000, according to this document, through war, disease, abortion, and famine, so did they succeed? Uh, I mean, they, to me, they put it off. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think? They, I mean, they, they started in 2020, man. Yeah. So went a little, a little slower than expected, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay. There's an agenda, I think, that they have laid out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? The agenda. Mm-hmm. They, they write it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty organized. <laughs> united even good one it's funny too though that i mean it's a great name right the operation vampire killer 2000 and i'm looking at the document here and the the guy even went mclam even went to the trouble to post um artwork of a bat above the name operation vampire killer 2000 right and i just thought that's interesting right the the symbol of the bat right because vampires apparently can turn into bats right they're both bloodsuckers. Yeah, love right? that adrenochrome. Exactly, right? I was thinking, like, why does he call them vampires? And he does at different parts call them, like, bloodsuckers, right? And he calls them parasites, right? But he does, there's no mention of things like bl- actual blood drinking, right? Or adrenaline. There's nothing like that. Hey, which royal said that uh, they were uh, related to Vlad the Impaler? King, <laughs> King Chucky. Yeah. Yeah, King Chucky's proud of it. Oh, yeah. Okay, there yeah, we he's go. He's super proud of it. Yeah, yeah. Vlad the Impaler, the inspiration for Dracula? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the, the, the title is fitting, man. Operation Vampire Killer 2000. <laughs> BK 2000. But then you had the bat too, right? The bat was part of the COVID narrative. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought that's like, I so doubt that's like, a coincidence. No more bat suit for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so... Our Operation Vampire Killer 2000 plan involves the awakening of our fellow fellow officers to the extreme need for them to take an immediate and active role in assisting their fellow Americans in stopping this plan for world dominion using every lawful means available. He's very careful to write that in a few different places in this document. I don't know if you mentioned that, if you notice that, Beach, where he says like, we're going to do this lawfully, right? We're going to follow the Constitution. We're going to follow the oaths that we swore. He is not, not at all encouraging violent or unlawful behavior at all, right? It's really just 
his message is more like just say no than anything. Mm -hmm. Resist. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then he goes on, right? He calls these elitists and their families, right? He calls them human parasites, have made most of their massive fortunes off the American people and have dedicated entire lifetimes to using public funds to subjugate the people to the will of their new world aristocracy. Oh, they can't be doing that right now. Huh? Using public funds? Mm-hmm. Dude, we're in the belly of the beast when it comes to that, man. Got taxes on taxes in the shadow of the bomb. Hey, man, I, just, I just have to raise my, my uh, yellow-blue flag, man. <laughs> Put it on my car, man. <laughs> Swerve in and out of lanes, just like pass everyone. Right. I'm doing the right thing. Hey, man, are you going to be checking under your mailbox when you go home tonight, bro? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we're, we're back here next week, man. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. Yeah. Okay. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. <laughs> Fuck. Thinking about dots, aren't you? Okay, no. No, but I was thinking about how we're being taxed, right? And then I was thinking about um, how the cost of living has gone up in the shower of the bomb big time. People are Did struggling. Did you say the shower right? of the bomb? Did you just say shower of the bomb? <laughs> I think we should change it to shower of the bomb. Good one. Uh, oh. But yeah, taxes. What the fuck? <laughs> taxes, cost of living. We're taxed on everything, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And the, co the cost of living has gone up, right? Interest rates, all of that. And what is also in the headlines in the last week or so? They're trying to bring in universal basic income, right? UBI, I've, I've heard that somewhere. How are people going to accept UBI? They're not going to accept it if they're doing well and if they're comfortable, Right but they will need it. They will clamor for it mm -hmm, yeah, if they're yeah. uh, up to their eyeballs in debt, right? Erase and the debt. Erase the debt, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Start with UBI, mm -hmm. digital ID, CBDC. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. We're, we're controlled. In what's the a, pen. What's the big deal? Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the algorithm ghetto. Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the trap right there, UBI. Right. And it matches up. It merges with something I was saying maybe last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the, the public sector worker strikes in Quebec that are ongoing right now. And my theory is that they want to collapse the education system and have kids, primary and high school kids doing online education, just like they were during the lockdowns. We know that they already have the the, the program set up, right? And they will love that online education because it's cost-cutting move for them, number one, and it's massive surveillance and data collection. And you mention that to people and they say, well, how are people going to pull that off? You know, like most parents, both parents have jobs. How are they going to do that? And my first answer is, you think they give a fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just going to say, figure it out, just like they did during COVID. Right. But the that's not that's not my most serious answer. My most serious answer is UBI. Right. Well, now you have UBI. Now one of you can stay home. Yeah. They already tested it out. Yeah. Oh, it's called it a different name. Right. C-E-R-B. Yep. Also. Yeah. 
pronounced surf. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, serve you, surf. <laughs> yeah, to me, that's how the online education. Yeah, to me, online education and UBI go together. They go hand in glove. Yep. One allows for the other, right? Yeah. If only. If only. Mm-hmm. Make it fair. Everyone gets it. That's universal. Apparently, it'll go to everybody, eh? Regardless of income, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Right on. New microphones. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so he goes on. McLam goes on. Some of our police National Guardsmen readers suggested names for this private police action plan. Our government, to maintain privacy in its activities, has long been in the practice of choosing unusual names for covert operations, such as Transylvania and Company, Garden Plot, Operation Zapata, Thunder Muffin Incorporated, Operation Watchtower and Cable Splicer, to name a few. I've not heard of any of those. Yo, we got to check those out. Yeah, dog. That was a bunch of rabbit holes right there for anybody, <laughs> man. Um, and then so he goes on. We officers, while in the alternative, desiring the greatest amount of publicity about our plan of attack against these anti-America types, likewise have chosen a cute little name for our off-duty First Amendment police action. That name is... Operation Vampire Killer 2000. It's good, man. It's good marketing. Good branding. <laughs> and he says, It is felt that this name reflects the actual program in which officers are involved, designed to stop or kill off the ongoing elitist covert operation which has been installed in the American system with great stealth and cunning. They, the globalists, have stated that the date... Of, de- of termination of the American way of life is the year 2000. Therefore, it is fitting that our date to terminate, at the very least, their plan is also the year 2000. Let it be well understood, we protectors of the American people have not asked for this battle. It is our nation's enemies who have brought this fight to the very door of every good American. And then he writes, be it resolved. Our prayer and promise is to do all within our power as faithful countrymen to overthrow this evil, treasonous plan in a completely nonviolent, lawful manner. Right? I want to like emphasize that part. This is not a call to violence or unlawful action. Right? This reminds me of uh, the whole Jan 6 uh, situation. Oh, interesting. Didn't it remind you of that? Uh, labeling uh, patriots as uh, extremists and uh, mm. basically sure. attacking them. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Trucker convoy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Canadian patriots, flag-wearing, flag-waving Canadians mm-hmm. were called terrorists. Yeah, absolutely. And it fits in. What happened at the trucker convoy fits in with this Operation Vampire Killer document because... Um, nationalism in Canada has been attacked, right? In our lifetime, big time, right? Just little things here and there that just slowly chip away at the idea of Canadian nationalism. I fell for it. Me too. Yeah. 
being a nationalist was a it was a bad thing in my twenties, thirties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. Right? You should fear the nationalist, right? Whether it is what's here in Quebec or uh, in Alberta or in the U.S. And then the American flag on the porch of a, a gun-toting American, man, that's that's scary, man. That's for us Canadians. Oh my goodness, right? I fell for that bullshit, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, we've been talking about it. Nation is just a bigger community. Hundred percent, man. I also remember, like, I don't know which decade of my life this popped up, but this meme definitely popped up in Canadian media and in Canadian pop culture about, it's like, well, does does Canada really have a culture anyway? Like, what is Canadian culture? You know what I mean? As a way to dismiss it. Are you an intellect? Wow, what a great question. (laughs) You should have your own show. You know what, though? I might have said this before, but it bears repeating. If you want to know what Canadian culture is, it's the trucker convoy. That's Canadian culture right there. Everything about it, mm-hmm. right? I was thinking about this the other day, how, you know, the stereotype of the polite Canadian, right? And how that was weaponized against us. And it worked during the coup, big time, right? Because that trait that we have that's part of our culture, it worked against us because no one wanted to rock the boat. Everyone wanted to be a good Canadian, a good citizen, be responsible, do their duty, that type of thing. But then when, when the penny dropped, right, and the trucker convoy took off, right, Canadians had had enough, right? How did they pull off the trucker convoy? Through politeness. Mm. The very trait that was weaponized against us was our saving grace, right? The trucker convoy had to happen in Canada, could only have happened in Canada, right? And it is, the to me, it is the, a, a shining example of Canadian culture at its best. That's right? the Canadian patriot. Bingo. 100%, man. Okay, so coming back to this U.S. police action, McLam writes, putting the stake through Dracula's heart. What can we do? What should we do? The globalist agenda is a diabolical program which through patient gradualism is slowly draining the moral, economic, and political lifeblood from the U.S. and the hardworking American people. And I like that, that expression he used there. He said, patient gradualism, right? Just like bit by bit, the infiltration you were talking about earlier, right? The tiptoe. The totalitarian tiptoe, right? Absolutely. Or you ever heard of this concept of nudging? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's, it, it comes from the world of psychology, again. Right. And I think there's even a nudge unit in the UK, right, where they they try and nudge the population in whichever direction they want through propaganda and through um, culture creation. Right. And this guy, McLam, is hitting on it here, too, back in 1992. Didn't Facebook have a nudge, uh, nudge little icon? Oh, good one. Yeah, I forgot about that. Nice one. Yeah. A little pushy. (laughs) nudge someone virtually yeah so he he keeps going we in america officers and private citizens alike are fortunate that at this moment in our history we can still lawfully exterminate these parasitic global bloodsuckers 
by placing numerous stakes made of words, paper, pen, and hard work through their hardened hearts. Hey, this guy's a poet too, man. Right? And so the stakes that we can drive through the vampire's hearts are words, paper, pen, and hard work. I love it. Right on. Yeah, man. And I like what he does here, man, right? He's saying this is an educational document. And so he wants to show whoever's reading this, one of his um, educational tools uh, is quotations and statements from famous people, right? And he just makes a list of them, right? Like you've read the document, you know, he picks different topics, right? Like the media, education, uh, psychology, that type of thing. And it's just lists of quotations from different famous people, recognizable names that are um, revelatory, mm-hmm. right? And so you're not listening to, or you're not reading the words of some, some nobody, some unknown person. These are famous people, right? And so he says, presented here are oft-used famous quotes and statements which will make for easy reference for those who wish to use them to educate our fellow officers, National Guardsmen, and military, or the private sector. As the reader will see, most of these statements have been around for many decades and are known by those who study history and the machinations of megalomaniacs known today as globalists. Yeah, dog. Most are not new revelations, but just the opposite. However, few will ever be found in the controlled press. There are literally thousands of such well-worn statements about the coming world government. We have selected some of the very best and well-known. And then he control the media. Yeah. He's touching on that too, right? The controlled press. Yeah. 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 And so he says from their works, you will know them. Here are their words and works and some very important evidence stakes to use to expose and kill off the world government vampires in our society. So, the first section that he starts with is um, basically the NWO. What is the New World Order, right? And he says, man's desire to rule the world is as old as his presence on the earth. The new world order is actually the same old plan for world domination. Biblical history itself shows this to be true. The Tower of Babel was one such futile attempt by men to set up a one world society without God. And God himself crushed it. Satan tempted even Jesus promising him world dominion as his reward. This same promise has been given to scores of other men over the ages. History tells of many who have accepted the great deceiver's terms. This diabolical quest has continued on through the 19th century and into the 20th with national and world figures each successively making plans for world rule. Listed here are but a few of such statements from many past decades up to the present. Yes. Give it. Give it. Yeah, Let's, dude. Here so it's examples. A, it's a story old, old as time is what oh, he's yeah, saying man. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Past is prologue. Yeah. So one of the first ones is from one of the founders, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. 
right? And he said, and then he adds, there is no question at this time in our history that Americans fear their government. Holy fuck, do Canadians ever fear their government in the shower of the bomb? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So famous and infamous quotes. He starts off with one from the president at the time, Dana Carvey, a.k.a. George (laughs) Herbert Walker Bush, right? He was the president at the time of the publication of this article. He was also a council uh, on foreign relations director, uh, trilateralist. He puts in here a lip reader, right? Because he's that (laughs) quote, right? Read my lips. Uh, And he was the director of the CIA. That's a hell of a resume, bro. (laughs) That's nice. That's nice on like like a fighting game of like world leaders, like Mm -hmm. the villain. Mm -hmm. These are his traits. These are his... uh, his accomplishments. Dude, he's one of the top villains, man. And he's a bonesman too, right? McLam doesn't leave that out. He writes, Bush, one moonlit night in 1948 at U- Yale University, crawled naked into a coffin. With 15 brother bonesmen encircling him, he told personal tales of debauchery, took an occult oath, was raised, as in born again, as a man-god, Jumped into a pile of mud, thus joining the occult, elitist, skull and bones society. Thought it was supposed to be a secret. Yeah. And then he indeed is still a boner today. <laughs> this guy has a sense of humor. Throughout the rest of the document, he calls him Boner Bush. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this first quote by Bush, man, something caught your eye on that one, eh? Oh yeah, when did he, when did he say those uh, famous... Uh Words, right? Uh, September 11th, 1990, 1990, 1990. right? 1990. Total yes. coincidence. Yeah, that's right. Total yeah, yeah. coincidence. September 11th. Yeah, so he was before Congress on September 11th, right? 11 years before uh, 9-11, right? Um, and he entitled the speech Toward a New World Order, right? And uh, addressing the subject of his Gulf War, he made his first public utterance of his and his rich cronies' plans for a world imperialism in stating that the the war against Iraq was, and he quotes, a rare opportunity to move toward an historic period of cooperation. Out of these troubled times, a new world order can emerge. Then he skipped, I mean, can't go through all of them. There's so many, but we can't go through all of them. But then he skips to Adam Weishaupt. Right, who oh, was that dude? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> professor at uh, Germany's Ingolstadt University, founded the Order of the Illuminati on May first, seventeen seventy six. Yeah, yeah, okay. This man designed the very plan of world domination that is still in use today to enslave the world's masses. Here, upon establishing his Order of the Illuminati, he smugly reflects on his conning the gullible Christians of his day, saying. The most wonderful thing of all is that the distinguished Lutheran and Calvinist theologians who belong to our order really believe that they see in it, the Illuminati, the true and genuine sense of Christian religion. Oh, mortal man, is there anything you cannot be made to believe? He's gloating about his deception. Not a good guy. Nah. Nah, dude. Not a good guy. And then he says, evidently not, right? And a high percentage of Christians today are still being conned in the same way. One prime example of this are the millions of Christians and most church denominations who have fallen for the NWO plan of a one-world religion. 
being spearheaded by the United Nations National and World Council of Churches behind the battle cry of ecumenicalism, right? Ecumenicalism just means like the belief, like trying to bring different denominations together to cooperate. Infiltrate. Infiltrate. Yeah, right? That's how they do it. Right? And this, this harkens back to what we were talking about with the, our episode on Monast, right? One world religion is the key to the one world government, to the NWO. Yeah. Okay. Then he skips to a section of world and national leaders point the way. Benjamin Disraeli, the prime minister of England, was attributed with this statement in 1844. The world is governed by very different personages from what is imagined by those who are not behind the scenes. Hmm. Right? I mean, that says it all right there. Back in, back in 1844, he was saying there's a, deep, yo, there's a deep state. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. The puppet and, masters. Yeah. There are puppet masters and the puppets and the spectators don't realize that the puppets are puppets and that there are puppet masters. Yeah. Here's one. I've never heard of this guy before. Justice Felix Frankfurter. <laughs> U.S. Supreme Court Justice quoted as saying, the real rulers in Washington are invisible and exercise power from behind the scenes. There's a theme here. Mm-hmm. Then John F. Hyland, mayor of New York from 1918 to 1925, said, the real menace of our republic is the invisible government, which like a giant octopus sprawls its slimy legs over our cities, states, and nations. Good words. Yeah, dog. Or interesting words. And that image of the octopus has been used by a few people, right, to explain the NWO and its, all its tentacles, right? The octopus? Mm-hmm. The octopus of control. Global control. Yeah. Former U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt, in a letter written in 1933, states, The real truth of the matter is, as you and I know, that a financial element in the large centers has owned the government of the U.S. since the days of Andrew Jackson. Right? So basically showing that is the bankers that have their hands on the levers of power. Right? Yeah. Okay, this is a fucked up one by this other guy. I'm skipping some of these like more famous names because people might have heard them already, but here's one from Nebraska State Senator... Peter Hoagland, speaking on radio in 1983 with the great American pastor and patriot Everett Sylvan, said, Fundamental Bible-believing people do not have the right to indoctrinate their children in their religious beliefs because we, the state, are preparing them for the year 2000 when America will be part of a one-world global society and their children will not fit in. Bro, Man. right, bro, yo, not they'll cool. Be, they'll be antisocial, right, and in need of treatment. They'll be labeled crazy. Okay, I could skip this one. Rockefeller, David Rockefeller. By the same time, the quote is too good. It's too important, right? Internationalist, billionaire, humanist. Council on Foreign Relations, kingpin. 
founder of the Trilateral Commission, and the list goes on and on, right? And this following quote is of him praising the controlled U.S. media, right, for not uh, divulging globalist plans to the public. And so speaking to his fellow conspirators at a meeting in June of 1991 in Germany um, the, at the Bilderberger Group, Mr. Rockefeller said, we are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and Rebel News and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. <laughs> hey. <laughs> who's got the control? Yeah. Rocky. <laughs> okay, so he goes on. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we, if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. The supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. Yeah, prefer preferable for who, Dave? <laughs> right? And I like this too. He adds, not Rockefeller, but McLam. He writes, let us repeat, Clinton's, Bush's, and Perot's, right? Because Ross Perot was... Oh, yeah. uh, Ross Perot. Don't forget about that guy. Right? So Clinton's, Bush's, and Perot's plans for America are virtually identical. The Republicans and Democrats' goals for America are virtually identical. They are both taking our nation into global government. They were all actors then, too. They were all actors then, too, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And their scripts were being written by the same scriptwriters.